Hi, everybody. This is Travis with The Broom Show. This is a podcast where active duty military members and veterans can share their stories, their experiences, transitioning from active duty military life into that of a veteran. So please follow, subscribe. Thank you. everybody to another episode of the bird show we have robert and tim with uh moon rocks here a um, couple of veterans as well so um yeah happy to have you guys on and you know get to know a little bit more about you guys personally and your business and everything you guys got going on cool uh, thanks for having us on we appreciate the opportunity no problem i mean it's kind of cool because I, I think the way you guys might have seen my stuff before was with uh thomas was it thomas moore or something like that yeah thomas you Moore's did, you did too. Yeah, yeah we shared that one yeah yeah so that's cool yeah I mean, it's it's always awesome you know coming across pages of other veterans who are doing sports that we advocate for and you know want others to, other veterans to be a part of so it's always awesome to come across those pages and you know, be able to check out what other veterans are doing to stay active and busy. You know. Yeah. Yes. It's been kind of cool thing, even like doing this. Um, I mean, I feel like I started off really strong, but it's been sporadic with work and stuff, but uh, yeah, just the meeting other veterans and getting to mm-hmm. like see what other folks are up to, man. Cause for the longest time, I always thought it was just like, we're all out by ourselves where nobody cares about us, what we're doing. But I mean, we're out there, Every veteran I've come across seems to be out there, you know, on their own grind, hustling, try to accomplish mm-hmm. something that's personal to them in some aspect. So, um, yeah, I, I think, wait, are you both Navy veterans or? Well, I was in the Navy for eight years. Oh, nice. Army for eight. And you guys yeah, are friends, um... Navy and Army. <laughs> well, right? um, we worked at a security company together when we, I was on terminal leave when I got out and then I went straight to working for the security company right out of terminal. And then we met and we were like, Oh, we're in the military around the same times. And then we're like, well, we're deployed pretty much in the same area. So I was probably sending out jets that were, you know, helping his mission and covering them. So that was pretty cool to have that kind of crossover, even though different branches than working in bullshit job like security. Yeah, makes it a little easier. <laughs> yeah, I can realize yeah, security. That. Goddamn. Yeah, I did Especially security. Especially when most of them are civilians and don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's rough, man. Like when I first got out, kind of had that same transition. I worked like at Lowe's and then Home Depot, and then I worked security for Kohl's for a little bit, and mm-hmm. that was a fucking crazy experience, man. It, it's a like you said, it's different working with like civilians versus. You know, something like being in the military where, I don't know, everybody's kind of in the shit together. So it's easy to, mm-hmm. to like, become friends with individuals from different walks of life and stuff. And uh, that's what I've always told folks. So that's probably, like, one of the harder parts of transitioning out of the military is trying to find that common ground with your peers at any workplace, you know, because they can't really relate to anything you've gone through or, or mm-hmm. done or even try to that you're trying to do. So... I mean that's that's pretty cool. You guys found each other through through a shitty job, <laughs> but yeah. are now are now doing cool things. So yeah, security is a, a long ways away from military security, has for sure. So 
Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so you what, uh, take all the wrong things too seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That too. But uh, yeah, so what led to you guys to join the military? I mean, what was your individual routes to to that you know point where you enlist and decide to eight years is quite a quite a long time too. I mean, most people either do like it seems like the four years I've talked to are are in for twenty. So mm -hmm. my goal was twenty, but it uh, physically I couldn't keep up anymore, so I just kind of wore out. Uh, <clears throat> I joined the military right after nine eleven, and you know I had the the typical you know built up rage from uh, you know growing up, and then the military or the nine eleven happened, and everybody you know, sees an opportunity to go over and. I got some tr some structure and some violence at the same time. So it, was, <laughs> it was good. That's funny. You no, know, I've heard that's that though with a few folks that are like either Marines or Army. It seems like they've had a lot of physical issues that have happened when, you know, when they're serving and stuff and all. More so, folks in that in the in those branches seem to get medically discharged or something like that, which is. Yeah, I waited out my contract. Um, I could have been medically discharged, but I figured, you know, why do that when I can just end my contract here? Yeah, that gets to be tough to to come to that realization, though. That's yeah. probably coming to an end. So well, awesome. And for me, it was um, for me, it was just same along the lines was cut out of the military. Today's episode is brought to you by left foot right foot shirt company this is a veteran owned 100 percent nonprofit shirt company that donates all their proceeds from sales to charities focused on ptsd and mental health these shirts are so soft fit so well and i guarantee they'll add a couple inches to your biceps go check them out and tell mark i sent you at lfrfshirts.com just keep going on medical issues, asthma, just being around, you know, other stuff. I was around on the flight deck for um, five years as a director. And then, you know, all the stuff I was dealing with. Um, so got out more along the lines of medical too. And yeah, I think that was another thing we in common we shared when we first met was, you know, we also had a, a shared interest for jujitsu and um, army does combatives. But at the time, I was also kind of training combatives infirmly with uh, another with a veteran. I was in the military at the same time, but he was a veteran training combatives and teaching combatives at infirmly. So I jumped on that, and that kind of started leading more to the jujitsu side of things. Uh, that's that's pretty cool too. Like a lot of a lot of folks I've talked to have found like um, I guess like the camaraderie aspect of what the military has and the structure of it and jujitsu. Mm -hmm. um, like I personally tried it for a few months and then I, I, I just lost interest for whatever the reason was. I can't remember at the time, but uh, and that was years ago. But yeah, it, I would say about like 90% of the folks I talked to do some level of martial arts um, mm -hmm. you know, since they've been out of the military. And they say that kind of like that, that all have that same aspect of what well, brings structure. There's, discipline that's required to become better at it and stuff like that i'm sure those are something you guys can relate to you know try keeping that structure in your life and finding a way to let out some aggression i'm sure yeah. as well. mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that and your mind has to be present in the moment. Otherwise, you'll you in jujitsu you'll get choked out. Yeah, you, you yeah. will lose. <laughs> uh, I don't know. In the other martial arts, you might get kicked in the head or something. I don't know, but you know, <laughs> if, in jujitsu, your opponent, your training <laughs> dummy, is trying to kill you. That's you what's crazy. Make sure that you're there. That's like the craziest thing about it all, though. Technically, at the end of the day, it is a a, a form of of a defense where you you are trying to you know injure somebody. I know a lot of people yeah. do it for different reasons, but push push comes a shove. I mean, you're you got different tools in your arsenal than the average person does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, controlled chaos. I like coordinated <laughs> chaos. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. That's true. Um, and so I saw, I, I think it was Robert that also had some stuff saying you're into some other things as well, you know, skateboarding, but you can't, you, you and Tim, like you mentioned, came across each other's paths and you got more into involved in, in like jujitsu and stuff like that as well. So, um, what other things have you each found that's kind of helped you, you know, with, along with jujitsu, uh, being like another way of saying, or getting involved in something outside of um that kind of arena physically uh (laughs) i don't i mean my job my full-time job is is sitting in front of a computer and it's just mentally draining so i don't i don't get a whole lot of free time with that but uh outside of jujitsu physically uh, i i've been doing uh, a lot of mobility workouts because even even just a little bit of, of mobility workouts going, it, it helps loosen up the spine, gets you moving for the day. And, and those really help, mm-hmm. especially since uh, with all my military injuries, I can't train jujitsu as much as I want. So I have to do that as a, as kind of an in-between. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I've had the computer job too, and that sucks. It, it does. Like, uh, yeah. I got I got super lazy when I was working, especially during COVID. That's that's where I got like even worse because everybody's working from home, you know. And mm-hmm. I was at my computer like all day or partially all day, but it's just eating constantly throughout the day, drinking constantly <laughs> throughout the day. So I, I spiked up to like two hundred and thirty something pounds, like in that one short year that span. I was like, what the hell is going on? Uh, yeah it could be rough yeah lose that motivation yeah exactly it could be really rough that's where like i i like the things that you guys are doing you know you're rock climbing you're outside you're doing jujitsu um being active i think is important just in general you know regardless if you're a veteran or just a regular citizen you know average american you know a lot of things people struggle with kind of the things that that most veterans seek which is like that discipline that structured stuff in life i think most average americans don't know have never experienced that to some degree so they don't even know how to get it but um mm-hmm. i think that's what's great about what not only you guys are doing but like i said a lot of the veterans i've talked to are using that aspect of their military background to to dive into things, you know, full bore and it's helping them out. And it helps, I mean, it helps, sorry, knowing how to structure a routine and a, 
regimen and do certain things so you just kind of just fall right back into the swing of things and then next you know you're you know on your way again so but sometimes it's just you need that little push and a reminder you know that's another thing that we want our community to be able to do is just keep each other in check you know like check up on each other and like, hey haven't been out to do anything like let's go climb or do jiu-jitsu or something you know start building a community around that shared interest yeah that's that's what's pretty cool also i mean community is probably like one of the harder things i think most veterans they at least when i got out felt like them you guys probably got out before i did um if you guys joined after what year did you get out i got out in 2011 the same year yeah oh march 2011 october oh shit. that's crazy i got out in uh, <laughs> december, december that year yeah that's what kind of made me laugh you're talking about the flight deck i worked on the flight deck as well and it oh okay what'd you do I, I was a ABF, so I I worked in yeah. fuel. Yeah, I was first grapes. pulling. Yeah, I was a grape. Yeah, started yeah. pulling hose originally, and then I worked in a Q8 lab my last like year or so. But okay, that's the know, more aspect of ABH. That's or ABF. Oh yeah, that's like where you like can actually lab. shine your boots and <laughs> yeah, do stuff I, like that. But man, I always tell people, man, on the flight deck is where. Where all the hearing issues come into play, man, because those cranials. Yeah, are <laughs> that's what we have. Uh, <laughs> we had to make sure we had earbuds because we're like, we're not going to hear nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's just like the little plastic cup over your ear. Sometimes there's something in there. Sometimes there's not or it won't have any cushion, nothing. It'd just be a plastic cup over your ear. And it's like, yeah, jets launching off. So it's like, good luck with that, you know? Yeah, making mouse ears. Yeah. <laughs> cranials. Yeah. Yeah, that experience is uh man, that's a wild one. It it's one of those ones that I it's hard to explain unless you I what, guess um, what carrier were you on? I was on the USS Nimitz. Okay, Nimitz. Yeah. I was on I was on the Stennis. Oh on the Stennis, yeah, nice. Yeah. But, yeah, we got uh dry docked my last year up in uh Bremerton, Washington, which was freaking horrible by the way from going yeah. from like san diego Bremerton. to washington you know just Get all the weather it freaking sucked yeah. man i was like why are we here this is stupid I was like freaking raining every day walking to work in snow i was like this is bullshit man give me back to san diego that was nice 70 degrees got the sea coronado. breeze yeah coronado coronado yeah yeah when i my first year i joined i was all stoked because i grew up in east l.a but I got stationed in San Diego, so I was close to home. And then we did a few workups, and then next thing you know, they're like, "Oh, we're homeporting up to Bremerton." Like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> like they told us like six months prior to just like having the like homeport, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, I got orders to San Diego. They're like, "Well, your command is moving, so you move with the command." I was like, "Damn, really?" That was yeah. Bremerton's a stark contrast to San Diego, just. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's rough, man. And I'm from California, Northern California originally. And then when I got orders to San Diego or Coronado, that was my last pick too. I don't know how like the army works when it comes like to after boot camp and you go to school, but like Navy, they gave you like this fake wish list type deal, you know, like yeah, the three, like, the top three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I signed up the top three. I, I was I was like, you know what? I can't pick 
So just needs, <laughs> needs in the army, whatever you whatever you guys want. I ended up in Hawaii for almost uh, six years. Oh man, what? That was my first pick too. My first pick was Hawaii. Second was San Diego. So damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were out training most of the time, but it was still Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, yeah. training in how's the weather out there? Like seventy something degrees, oh, eighty yeah. degrees. Nice most of the time. Did you do any uh, rim packs? Rim packs went up to Hawaii. Was it? I think it was a rim pack. No, I never got to go Hawaii. I did a one deployment, one West Pack when I was in, and mm. first uh, first country we went to was uh, Japan. We went to Tokyo, and on the way there, they're like, "Oh, we'll hit up Hawaii," and of course we go fly or fly right by freaking Hawaii. And on the way back. <laughs> From Hong Kong, they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll hit up Hawaii on the way back to." We went to Washington first um, when we got stateside, and of course, we blew right past Hawaii again. So I was like, "This is freaking crazy, man!" I was like, "Can we just go Hawaii?" And then the next, when I got out, the next deployment they went on, they went to Hawaii. I was like, "You gotta be fucking shit, me, man!" I was like, <laughs> "I've still never been." I've that's that was one of the main reasons why I joined too. I wanted to go Hawaii and experience like try to go to pearl harbor or something you know experience mm -hmm. get that experience and see what it's all about you know but uh yeah still haven't been there it, it's same thing with australia they brought up australia a couple times on our perth. appointment yeah yeah, yeah. bunch of lies yeah. Yeah. One perth was amazing yeah they lied to us yeah, we didn't do any of that <laughs> i got to do i got to do one west pack and one rim pack in five years so i got to i got to go to hawaii quite a bit and like we were stopping hawaii like non-stop so sorry <laughs> to take those ports from you that's what probably happened they're like man we've been there too often you know the navy's been in hawaii a little bit too much so we're going to skip it for like the next five six years yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hawaii was awesome so yeah sorry you didn't get to experience that no you know we got to go to oh man I can't think like a lot of the countries I went to are pretty cool, but they weren't like after a while, they all kind of felt the same, you know, like going to like Thailand, you go like Malaysia. And after a while, it's starting to feel just kind of like the same thing, a different place. But uh, yeah, I've had some friends that were lucky enough to do like, what they call an East pack for the East coast. I don't know what they call it exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like they European go, countries. Yeah, man. They go mm -hmm. to like Spain and Greece and stuff. I'm like, damn, that's where mm -hmm. I should have got stationed. That would have been great, you know. But, I don't know. Dubai was pretty cool, though. I don't know if you got to do Dubai on yours. Yeah, Dubai was pretty cool. Dubai was pretty cool. I got to go there uh, two times, and it it was pretty cool. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we, we got to check that out. That was pretty cool. Seeing the tallest building in the world and stuff. They had, like the crane up there. You could. It was like the size mm -hmm. of an ant. That's how big this building was. It's just like that. It's the Burj. Is the Burj Khalifa? Yeah, you know, and yeah, then they yeah. got the mall where you can snowboard in it and stuff like mm -hmm. that. It's like, man, this place is freaking crazy. Yeah, I mean, they, they make so it work. Cool. Yeah, they make it work. It's like a desert uh, oasis, you know. The, the sandbox is what we would call the, uh, when you pull into port, you know, at a little area with all the shops and the little setup tents, you know, <laughs> locals selling everything. That was pretty cool. Yeah, there's some cool places, you know, like uh, the one place I never left base, we went to Bahrain. I just never got off base in Bahrain. I was like, I'm pretty good, man. I don't no know. Kidding. 
Yeah, I didn't get to go there. I heard some you stories. Were close to there. <laughs> You're probably close to Bahrain. Where's it at? Where's Bahrain? It's in the Middle East. Uh, what is it? Yeah. South of? I was in I... Iraq, close to Baghdad. Shoot. Then, I don't know, how... Afghanistan, I don't know how close that is, actually. Yeah, I don't know how close it is. But it was close enough, I guess, because I heard stories that buildings were like blowing up and stuff. So I was like, cool. Yeah, I'm staying on base, man. Two dollar beers on base. I'm good. You know? <laughs> like this is why I joined the Navy, man. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have any of that. Well, I can't say that. Where I was at, there wasn't any. Mm. We got those on um, the, the Steel Beach picnic. Did you get to do one of those? Yeah, we gotta do one of those um, where they give out the tickets and stuff for you to like have a beer or two or whatever. Of course, if you're, I don't think he could if you're underage, which kind of sucked. So, no, but there is a way that, and yeah, people were selling them for like twenty bucks a pop. <laughs> yeah, you know, you could, there's ways you can yeah. do it. You know? <laughs> Deployment in itself for a Navy is just. A very interesting like experience man I, I always think it was just a it's so fucking crazy that all this shit's allowed to happen you know and yeah <laughs> and like i like when i try to tell like people i've worked with or even family members about stuff it's just like i don't know how to break it down to them like a wog day you know it's like you've never been dragged through the mess decks and like through all the old food and blowing out freaking you know they just you get your Pen ass eyes. kicked for a whole day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Getting your ass kicked for a whole day is just tr part of tradition is is interesting. Mm -hmm. And they do it to everybody. I remember we had a, a divo who was like a lieutenant or something, an officer, and they were dragging him through the mess decks and stuff. I'm like, holy crap, man. There's no there's no rank in this. They just don't give a shit. Like if it's your first time crossing the equator, you're getting you're getting tore up today. There's no Yeah, it doesn't matter what rank you are. And that was that's what we loved. So I got to Golden Shellback, and oh, I was just like going with it. And so every single um, divo in our department, like that was, you know, wog. I was like, <laughs> do push-ups into this pad eye and do this. This is so much fun because I was like, it's like the one time besides the, you know, flight deck directing, it's like the one of the few times where an enlisted can tell an officer, like, do this. And, they got to listen, you know, so it was fun. <laughs> yeah, that relationship's always interesting, you know, like even the folks I've talked to in other branches, like the officer to enlisted in just general, though, mm -hmm. is a super odd relationship, man. Because I, I know talking like to some chiefs and stuff when like a somebody would show up, a new officer, a chief would wouldn't salute them and stuff. They're like, you know, I don't give a shit. I've been in here for like 20 plus years and you're fresh out of college. I'm not. Like you're nobody to yeah. me. I wonder if is it similar in the in the army and stuff? Is it oh, kind yeah. of a similar? Well, we we would always have two different versions. We would have garrison where everything is proper, and then we would have out in the field. If the officer wasn't cutting in the field, they he he would know real fast. But in garrison, it was yes sir, no sir, do everything that the officer says. And you get out in the field and learn that that guy's an idiot. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the worst time to find that out, right? Like, yeah. I could yeah. imagine being in the army, or yeah, that in that situation, you're like, okay, this we, guy, we're supposed to trust him, and he sucks. Like, we had an officer. <laughs> that's rough. His 
we had this guy, I don't know what his deal was, maybe insomnia or not insomnia. What's the other one? Narcoleptic or whatever it is, where you fall asleep randomly. Oh yeah. He couldn't pull guard. He was in the infantry. Most of our job is pulling security and he couldn't do it. He would sleep every time. And, uh, (laughs) this new officer's idea to correct this was for the entire platoon to get up and move every 30 minutes in the jungles in Hawaii. It would take us longer to get to where, to the area he wanted us to be at than, you know, anything else that we were doing. And by the time we got, we woke up in the morning after doing this all night, we woke up in the same place we originally set in. All he did was he moved us because that guy kept falling asleep. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah. Oh man. That's when hazing should be a little bit more appropriate. Right? That's just, what I was just, just thinking, man. <laughs> I was thinking the same freaking thing, man. Cause like if that were shit like that were to happen in the Navy, like once you get in the birthing, I feel like you'd get you'd get messed up a little bit, you know. Like you'd get fucked with. Your rack would get lifted oh, yeah. up and you'd just be locked in there for a good thirty minutes or something. Like somebody would See, do something to you. Here's the interesting thing about that. So you you remember what like fanning canceling it was, right? Yeah. So like if someone was a mess up, then you know they get pretty much beat up by most of the other people. Wall to wall counseling. Wall to wall counseling. I think every aspect of the branches have some sort of you know it's like you fucked up, you're gonna get in trouble, mm-hmm. but not properly. Yeah, our our first one was you, you get smoked. You'd have to do some kind of stupid exercise until you couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then another one, and then another one. <laughs> and yeah, it, it, it didn't work. It just made us stronger. <laughs> it's funny because it kind of starts happening like even in boot camp, though. Like I Yeah, would, they condition you to that, you know, yeah. like fall back in line. It's the infantry, I, I kind of sum it up as a never-ending boot camp. The, the biggest difference like between mm. basic training army and infantry is we focus so much more on all that. Yeah. We don't have a second job. That's our job. And that's really the biggest difference. Like I, I hear Marines all the time. Oh, everybody's a rifleman. <laughs> I mean, yeah, everybody can shoot. That's cool. I mean, you're putting rounds down range. Got it. But not all of you are efficient. You know, just like all the, all the, uh, army like most of them that have desk jobs i would not want out on the front line at all <laughs> like even to catch bullets like, no we're good you just get to go sit down <laughs> that's it yeah that's crazy it's like that i mean because uh, like i some of the stories i've heard too and with the army specifically because i've had a few army folks on probably majority army um i guess like my own stereotypical belief of what the army was versus what I've heard, like what you're talking about, they're like two different things. Cause like, you know, when outside looking in, there's always, it's kind of like a romanticized a little bit, the army and Marines and stuff like that. It's glamorized, like on the front line, you're getting shot at and all this stuff, but there's way, way more to it than, than that. It's like, it's not that, that simple or that simplistic. And, (laughs) you know, and, there's different levels to it. Like we're, we're talking about the officers and stuff like in the movies, it looks like every officer knows exactly what they're doing, but they're every, highly proficient every, and top yeah, of the class all the time. 
Oh, yeah. oh they they got that college background. They're educated, and these guys are the grunts, and they're directing them what to do. But every single individual I've talked to has said the opposite. You know, kind of like what you're saying, Tim. It's, like they just get in the way sometimes. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> we had uh, when we were in Iraq, we got this new lieutenant that came to us middle of our deployment. We we had an early morning brief. The company commander wasn't even up yet. And we're out, everybody's getting their gear, doing all their checks and checking each other and all that crap. And, and company commander comes walking out, and got his nice big cup of coffee, does a stretch, and he looks around. And, the fuck? We got the cherry lieutenant upside down duct tape to the litter, the uh, stretcher, <laughs> oh, leaning up against the door, the uh, side next to the door, just on display. Like, there you go. Here's that guy. I've heard a lot of stories from army about yeah officers and they what they do in the field. And I'm just like, man, that got to suck for them. Yeah, because it's different. Know. It's different in the navy yeah. for the most part. You know, like you have your divo, but they don't don't go on the flight deck like at least the abf one i can't remember ever seeing him like on the flight deck doing any actual work so to speak i don't know what he would do all day but it's like never really ran into him too much it was mainly your chiefs and first class petty officers and stuff like that if you were to go off like higher ranking dudes you'd run into or like those guys so your respect level is just different even as like a you know e coming in as a e1 e2 or whatever e3 it's like you have more respect for those second class, third or first class, and chiefs that are up mm-hmm. there putting the work in. Especially, I'm sure you know, like the ABEs, man. Those guys, the green, the green shirt, those fucking chiefs. I've never seen chiefs work so hard in my life, man. Jumping in the yeah, catapult. working on the gear and catapults, and, and I'm like, dude, dude, you're you're a senior chief, man. What the hell are you doing in their game, just covered in grease like that? That blew my mind when I was first got to a ship. I was like, this is fucking crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah green shirts were like one of the harder working, like deep in the dirt working on the flight deck. It was pretty crazy to watch them. Yeah, and it's it's not just the let's everybody. Like that whole division works. That's what mm-hmm. still blows my mind. Like when I've I have some friends that were that that were ABEs and we'll, we'll talk sometimes. I'm just like, man, I don't know how you guys did that shit. You know, I'm pulling a hose and I'm seeing you guys like covered in grease. It's like, damn, it's not that bad. Like, I thought it sucked pulling the hose and shit like that. But those folks are in there just covered in shit. And then going smoking a cigarette, it's like, man, bro, we don't like fucking <laughs> bust right now. <laughs> just covered in grease and oil and gas and shit. And you're like fucking line up a cigarette, man. It's crazy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are crazy days. Yeah, that's one of our um, um, during one of our deployments, we were like severely undermanned on the flight deck on all divisions. And like the green shirts, they didn't get any, like barely any leave when we got to ports. They're constantly just ripping up catapults, ripping up everything. But yeah, those guys are like super, super hardworking. It's pretty crazy to watch. But, yeah, yeah, brings back memories for sure. Oh yeah, and you know, and then like what I've realized, um, like talk, kind of going back to like just life afterwards. Even all the crap you do to yourself when you're in the military, 
like the drinking, mm-hmm. the smoking. Like I, I was a hardcore smoker and I'd throw in a dip too. If I couldn't smoke, I'd be on the flight deck with a, a dip in. All the everything that you could do that you're not supposed to do to your body, you do it, I think, when you're in the military. <laughs> yeah. And it's like finally, like in year I think 10 or 11 since I've been out now, I'm finally getting it right, you know, and trying to cut all this bad shit out. Mm-hmm. Try to take care of myself. And it's like, damn, how come I haven't been doing this for like the last five, six years? But um, that's where I give you guys the credit too. I mean, doing jujitsu, jumping into something right away where you have to be physically active and then rock climbing, all this shit where, I mean, you can't be taking care or you can't be treating your body poorly and doing the things you guys are, are doing. So no, I quit drinking around the same time too. Yeah. Same. So yeah. I, I recently stopped. I mean, I drink it's lame, but the non-alcoholic beers now, but, uh, yeah, I'm like two months into it now with, with no like liquors and beers or anything anymore. Like it feels pretty good. You know, I, I, I think it's it's a hard transition to make, but once you do it, it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the temptation didn't hit me for a while. Mm. It was like, I'm done with this. And then every once in a while walking through a store or something, like, oh, I could I could just just have one. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no. that temptation's always there. No, can't have one. But it just robs you of performance and you know your abilities and especially when you're doing a sport like jiu-jitsu you want to have good body awareness you want to it's it's more along the lines of med, uh, mindfulness meditation where you're just focusing on what you're doing and it becomes muscle memory and you know from the military like you want to always drill muscle memory and just being able to go into the flow of things and be efficient and everything so it helps to have something that you can kind of throw that routine back into establishing so you can be efficient and be mindful of what you're doing and being control i think is one of the biggest things mm-hmm. it's just that you're actually in control of what you're doing you're in control of you know your body movement once you get really good at it and just focusing on the task at hand because you know if you if you're doing jujitsu and you not focusing you're gonna get choked or yeah, attack will lose you there's mm-hmm. there's just no no way around it if you're not focused yeah, uh, and then there's the the fun little hidden part of jujitsu where you get to that point where you start to control the other person, mm-hmm. and you realize that you are able to manipulate somebody else who's trying to legitimately beat you, and they can't. Mm-hmm. And you just stop them. Like, no, you can't. You're not going to do that now. <laughs> like, okay, I'll let you move over here, but you're still not <laughs> going to do anything. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's when it really becomes fun. I can imagine like the, the few, the like three months I, I did it. Um, I always, there's one of the memories I had, there's a older gentleman who looked, man, he had like a beer belly and everything. He was a purple belt and I'd only yeah start. I, you know, I just started and we're just rolling around and he, man, wrapped me up so fast. I was like, how in the hell is this like 50 something year old dude? Like just kicking my ass right now. It's like, it started kind of pissing me off a little bit and we kept rolling. He just kept, catching me and shit but kind of like you're saying you know he not that he's catching me he's dictating where my body was going to go thinking of it from that aspect now and never really thought of it that way but as i think he caught me he's like no i I wanted you to go there (laughs) yeah they exactly they bait you to get to a certain position then once you're where you where they want to strike then they'll 
you got me on a few of those. So <laughs> yeah, I'm fall into the trap and then you're like, damn. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, especially if you get somebody that's overly aggressive. You can allow <laughs> them to dictate what happens and just catch them. Mm -hmm. Like I had a, a guy, he was a, a cop out. In, I don't know where he works, but he trains out in friendly with us. And he kept on almost bum rushing me and I was like, all right, cool. I just, I would, I would fall back with him and catch him in a Kimura. Like, okay, let's do this again. He'd rush at me again. Like, all right, I'll take this side. <laughs> just like, you, if you're not controlling what you're doing, you're going to end up getting caught in something stupid. That's what's kind of like uh, the place I went to. And uh, cause I was in San Diego at the time too. They did like Muay Thai and stuff. And I remember the guy, that was teaching jujitsu jiu at the at that place. I can't remember his name. Uh, something Brown was his last name, but uh, he had mentioned he's like he's like I, they can teach you how to strike relatively quick. He's like that's checkers. He's like chess is jujitsu. You know. He's like this is where you got to be more patient, more strategic. He's like there's a lot of mental in between the ears going on compared to throwing a, a good punch or throwing a good kick. And I always thought that was kind of interesting because I've watched like MMA my whole life, basically having an older brother who was into it and like watching it now, even the appreciation for the ground games, I think has always been there because of stuff like that. It's like, it's, I mean, mm -hmm. certain individuals when they get them on the ground, like I always think back to like BJ Penn when I was a kid oh, and yeah. just way he can wrap his legs around, like pull his legs up so high or like the Diaz brothers, stuff like that. When I was watching them, it's like, that is just crazy. The dexterity they, they can have in their limbs to yeah bait people into certain positions and then they just yeah, get them in an arm bar or freaking triangle and it's like that is crazy the transition into that how smooth it can be sometimes yeah have you ever um watched any like 10th planet jujitsu <laughs> those no, are I some interesting that yeah, stuff is like i haven't watched super, any so i haven't watched any but i've seen some of eddie bravo's videos before yeah and I, his, I dabbled his, in it a little bit. It was it was quite a bit of fun. Mm -hmm. Just a lot. You have to you have to be very flexible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's why. So like, because I hear stories about like jujitsu and like guys having bad backs because of it. Is it because of the rolling or having to be so well, flexible? Or one thing with jujitsu is your all of your muscle is being used in front of you. So if I'm, if I'm defending myself from somebody inside control, I'm on my side and I'm pushing away. If I want somebody in my guard, I have my legs around them and pull them in with my legs. My back is not doing much of anything the entire time. So it, the back is so underdeveloped where the front is just overpowering and pulling everything forward. Uh, you'll see a lot of guys that, uh, don't do other training, like regular back workouts and stuff like that, that are hunched over and they don't have desk jobs, but it's, <laughs> it's just from oh, yeah. just training so much and, and not doing any other outside training that it just pulls you forward. Mm -hmm. oh, crap, that's a major imbalance. Yeah. I didn't Staying know that. Guard all the time. Yeah. I didn't know that. that's interesting. I didn't know that was how, 
how that happened. I figured it'd be just because they were putting like a lot of stress on your back, but that makes that makes way more sense because yeah, you're keeping everything out in front of you like that. Yeah, uh, when using your back, it's stuff like passing guard where you you have to keep your posture up. But if you're training mostly on the ground, like I have so many injuries, I don't do very many takedowns anymore. So I, most of my training is on the ground. Well, that's the worst place for back because I'm never I'm never in a position, or not never, but very rarely in a position where I need that back muscle. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's odd. <laughs> End up in, you know, the uh, technique shrimping, you just yep. permanently shrimped. <laughs> Is that what they call it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so technique. If, if somebody is on top of you and you want to get out from under them, you, it's called shrimping, and you basically act like a shrimp. You put your hands on them, and then you act like a shrimp and get out from underneath them. It's so much harder than like it sounds. pushing as you're pulling in your core and just like for physical hurts fitness, quite a bit sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for physical fitness, jujitsu works so many different parts of the body at the same time. Like to do a shrimp, you're pushing on your opponent while you're trying to move your body away from them. And it only in order to do it properly, you have to contract your core. You have to move your legs a certain mm-hmm. way. Your upper body has to move a certain way. And if you don't do it right, you find out really fast. Yeah, and that's why you that's why you need that body awareness and that you know to be able to focus on you know what your legs are doing as you're moving here or there, trying to escape, and also plan three steps ahead for what you're going to either counter or defend. Yeah, most of the time when I'm rolling against somebody that I know has a larger skill set than I do. My focus is what are they going to do next? Like I'm defending the hell out of everything. And what, what can they do from here? I need to defend that. Now, how, since I'm defending what they can do next, how can I get out of here? And then it just compounds from there. But when you're, when you're in the opposite spot where you're dominating the whole thing, it's for me, it's how would I defend this spot and where do I need to move to stop that defense? Mm. And the whole, you can't do that unless your mind is right there with you the whole time. That's interesting. So like kind of know how you're saying it, like when you're dominating somebody, you can, you can kind of tell that you are. So yeah. Oh yeah. If somebody, like if you mm-hmm. can tell that per, if you're like you're in the instance where you're saying you're defending and you're trying to think of what ways to defend the next move, is that is there times when that's happening and you're like and you're the dominator and you can tell they're they're trying to defend the next move, so you're kind of baiting them into defending something. Oh that yeah. You don't want them, or you don't care if they defend it because you're setting something up much much oh, yeah. larger. Yeah. Okay. Man, yeah. So it's really just a freaking screw job with your mind when you're rolling man i <laughs> it is especially if if you're aware of what the other person is doing and you still can't stop it like we have a couple of guys out there that that are so technical that like i'm i'm about to get my purple belt we've got a white belt in there that if you if you just stop trying to squeeze everything his technique is <laughs> on point but he tries to muscle that last bit and it's it's crazy because 
when you can, when you can't stop somebody from doing what they're doing and you know what's happening next, mm-hmm. like crap, what do I do? <laughs> like I'm going to defend that, but I can't get out of here. That's what's so cool Sometimes about. you end up getting yourself into a worse position. Oh yeah. See, that's what's so cool about the sport though, man. Like, um, yeah, because I've watched some of, or seen some of Thomas Moore's videos now since I've talked to him. And, like, it's interesting or, you know, just how different, like, you could be a purple belt in, like, where you you guys are at and then a purple belt somewhere else, but the skills are different, like, the, the same yeah. level technically, but what your tendencies are and the skill set you guys have could be vastly different. That's what's so unique to it, I think, in, compared to, like, other sports. You know, like, I play a lot of basketball and basketball here is the same as it is just about anywhere like everybody can play the same as different skill levels and stuff but it's not quite as vastly different as it is with jujitsu it seems like yeah. uh one way i like to look at it is jujitsu <clears throat> if if you were to introduce it to somebody and break it down it's basically a long list of submissions and wrestling has those, judo has those. Uh, I can think of other times, I can think of other uh, martial arts that have lists of submissions. Mm-hmm. How you get to those, that's what jujitsu really is. Is, okay, here's an arm bar. How am I gonna get there from standing? How am I gonna get there from side control? How am I gonna get there from guard? And all those different paths, that's what makes up jujitsu. His body type is different from mine. So what works for me is not going to work necessarily for him. And that's where we get all the variety, all the different body styles or body types. Yes, yeah, that's what's cool about it. Yeah. You know, like, because um, yeah, there's times when you're watching like even fights and stuff and somebody will say like, oh crap, how do they pull off the arm bar from that position? Like they'll they'll figure out ways to pull off something that, most folks won't even try to attempt, but they somehow, like you're saying, maybe it's their body type or I don't know. They just figure out a unique, unique way on their own, how to, to get into a certain position. They can lock something in and really catch folks off guard. That's what's so crazy about. It, it seems like, like you're saying an arm bar, you can teach it, but there's so many different ways to get to an arm bar and somebody might always, yeah. there's always a new way to get there. You know, yeah. it seems like. so I think that's something that a lot of people get discouraged with from the beginning is they don't take the time to learn how to play to their advantages or disadvantages or, you know, use different tools to, you know, kind of set their jujitsu style or climbing style or any sport, you know, their style apart. And, you know, sometimes they might get, do more like a cookie cutter approach and then it doesn't work, but, you know, if they, kind of developed their own style and the way they're doing their jiu-jitsu. I've seen there's just so many different, everyone has their own personal style, but they just need to find those advantages that they can really build upon, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's just so cool about it. Um, yeah, I also want to, I know we may be pressed for some time, I don't know, but uh, I also want to kind of get into what you guys are doing as well with um, – but moon rocks and stuff like that. Um, you know, I was reading, reading what a, a little bit about what you wrote and stuff and how you guys came together and kind of found some 
common ground, obviously, like you mentioned earlier, um, through your security, security days. But uh, how did Moon Rocks come to be? You know, how did this new, it seems, because I've, like we talked about uh, veterans, I've, a lot of them I've talked to have gotten to jujitsu or something like that, but I haven't heard too much about rock climbing, but I can see it being one of those things where, man, that would be freaking awesome to do with like a group of yeah. veterans and push each other to, to something better, you know, cause I could see how you, you have to focus on the next thing you're grabbing the next step and stuff like that. So mm. you, it's all mental and uh, discipline and stuff like that. So yeah, how did, how did it come to be? Um, for me, I was so like, we were talking about the back problems in jujitsu. I have arthritis in my back and among other issues. Um, so what made me go from doing the jujitsu and, you know, hurting my back even more, I kind of took some time off when uh, we started kind of like with the weightlifting group, just staying in shape, weightlifting. But that that gets repetitive, that it gets boring, you know, it's injuries not injuries that you can't work through. Yeah, injuries sometimes. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's not very constructive compared to doing jujitsu or you know, other sports. And then so we went on a camping trip. <clears throat> we went on a camping trip and it was me, Tim, and Ryan. We went out to this area where it's like a bunch of class four terrain. So we were just, you know, hiking through, wayfinding ourselves to different areas in a place called Moon Rocks near Pyramid. And um, we kind of made that as a regular thing. We'd go out there, we'd kind of camp, we'd go hiking, we'd go scrambling around on this terrain, and we started kind of climbing a little bit. And as, well, we, we really liked it. We got into it more. But once winter hit, we couldn't really go outside anymore to go you know, find these areas. So we ended up joining a local gym called Mesa Rim. And then from there, you know, we kind of built on the idea of having a nonprofit that would keep veterans and Native Americans in the area um, healthy oh, through sports. What's that? Oh, yeah, and then it kind of spawned the wall, the wall behind us, <laughs> spawned uh, different projects for people to use. So um yeah it just bloomed into that i found rock climbing to be you know it's along those lines of you have the mindfulness meditation you don't have to worry about anything other what you're doing and focusing on at the time it's um fairly low impact um it's a full body workout obviously but it's um not as bad or injury prone as other sports i mean it depends on how how hard you push it but with jujitsu i found you can get injured pretty quickly with jujitsu. Yeah, if you have a partner who isn't really like you have a spastic yeah. white belt partner who just wants to crank everything, you know, you could get injured, but it's not, you know, with rock climbing, it's like, all right, you got injured, but it's your fault, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> you, you it's a big nail difference. off because you know you didn't trim them that day instead of. <laughs> You know, your shoulder is now blown out because your training buddy cranked it too hard. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, and we found that there's other veterans who they like to do sports, you know, but they might not fit into the rock climbing aspect of what the uh, nonprofit was created for was to start off with not rock climbing. Mm -hmm. But this year we're actually going to start a um, jujitsu program. So, yeah, launching it in September. Mm -hmm. The plan is to have six members for the first round, 
do it for a full year. Let's see, they basically run that as a as a test to see how the program does, and then if they sign back up, you know, it'll give us a chance to to gauge um, interest. What was the other one? Uh, whether they show up or not. Like that's that's a big concern because if we're if we're able to fund a year of training and they don't show up, that's mm -hmm. wasted money that like somebody yeah. else could have been benefiting from. Uh, and then, well, let's see, we're, we're trying to eliminate fund, uh, funding issues and I guess, and gear, right? Yeah. So we we ideally want to cover the cost for the veterans who can't afford it. You know, they might be on like a, a low fixed income and they're struggling to you know, find an activity they can do in the forward because I mean, most places are most sports entry level into sports is, you know, it's a huge cost. You have to worry about buying the gear, buying the membership if you need to sometimes, you know. And a lot of a lot of academies, real academies require you to wear their gi mm -hmm. and oh, wow. their gis can run well over a hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, you, you can get gis on Amazon, cheap ones for $25. But when you sign up for an academy, most of them you're required to wear their gi. So that's a huge cost mm -hmm. that some people might not be able to, to uh, warm up to. So we, yeah. we negotiated with our local, uh, the largest academy in our local area. I think he's the largest. I don't want to speak. But he's very great and he has uh, opened his academy to us and We've got we've negotiated discounted prices on uh, member training, yeah, membership cost and equipment like geese and stuff like that. So that's a that's a huge break there. And our first program run will be for six veterans in the area who can't afford to enter into jujitsu on their own. Um, you know the the veterans who really need it, who really need the community, the the push to get into a sport. And then if our first year goes really well, we want to expand it to grant you know those spots to either you know six new people or you know we can reassess who's gone before and try to double you know what we have based on the funding we have. It's like a sponsorship program. Mm -hmm. And it, kind of like you were saying to him too, like I, I think that's one of the problems with the, uh, or what both of you guys are alluding to, I guess, is like the cost for like an academy or a gym for most folks. Mm -hmm. Like I think the one I went to was like, and it's all contractors or like contracts. It's not like, oh, you yeah. can do a month. It's like six months, 250 bucks. And for most veterans, especially if you're transitioning out, you know, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. And if you do commit to it, who's to say you're going to follow through for six mm -hmm. months without really getting a good chance at diving into it. Kind of like you guys are, are talking about and seeing if it's something you truly want to do, you know, cause yeah. it's that an easy thing to do is you both have definitely mentioned, you know, like wrong, a wrong mistake can pop a shoulder out or whatever the case may be. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's, and cool that's the, that's one of the main goals for us too, is to build that community around those sports because we have transitioning veterans who get out and then they, you know, they have that, that ability to kind of fall off 
really quickly and then you know just start drinking and there's no accountability there's, there's nothing not there. constructive they're not really doing anything so building that community we can have veterans who start out with that program you know build that community and then when other new veterans are getting out they can kind of mentor them and it's just a repeating cycle of you know veterans mentoring each other with the sports and keeping everyone accountable for you know going out there and doing it i mean as a species we're entirely way too smart to have to re keep relearning the same mistakes <laughs> should be should be <laughs> right I mean, <laughs> no but see that's what's so cool about like um, what you guys are doing in like veteran, I think like the 2000s veteran group, they're doing a lot of outreach for other veterans where it seemed like, I'm sure you guys probably can remember to like when you first got out, you know, and how crappy no, it, it is. It wasn't like, much. Yeah, there's there's nothing out there, you know, or yeah, I mean, you wake up in the, the structure that you've had for, for you guys eight years or whatever, you know, that, that amount of time is gone. That was like the weirdest feeling. I'm sure other veterans you guys have worked with or know say the same thing it's like you wake up there's no muster in the morning there's no having to go shave there's no putting on the uniform it's the weirdest first day i think you could ever have as a person is your first day all the military. first and first first years i would say yeah it's, it's, it's rough. you know it takes it takes a long time to just kind of slowly become institutionalized essentially into you know doing things repetitively and having a routine and everything and structure lots of structure and you get out of a sudden it's all gone so it's really weird yeah that's what's yeah, cool to be able to keep it going and because mm -hmm. infantry everything's very strict mm -hmm. and once that was gone like that was it yeah <laughs> like I did not, I did not carry any of it forward for a while. It just it was weird. That's very true. I mean, like I got out and I started college like the next week and I, I, I can remember leading up to it. I was like getting out. I was like, Oh man, all right. I got everything lined up. I'm going to be going to school, get a job. I mean, who doesn't want to hire a veteran? It's like, damn, that shit does <laughs> not work. Like that. <laughs> yeah. It does not work like that. You know? That's all. That was yeah. All. Reality sank in real quick when I was out for like four or five months and it's living off the GI bill only. It's like, this is starting to get a little dicey here. Like, you know, I don't know what, can I go back? There's times I thought of that, like, shit, can I go back in? Yeah. Can I like re-enlist? I, I actually, I went into the uh, recruiter's office and asked and the answer, <laughs> and I, I couldn't feel bad. I, I was, uh, it was one of those moments like, you got me. Um, the, the recruiter said well, it was something along the lines of you didn't want to be here so why do we want you mm -hmm. it was it was much more profound than that but i was like <laughs> you know touche i'll i'll go back to my car now <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how it all works right because like i can remember when you first get like to boot camp you're like what the fuck did i get myself into but yeah and then you get out and you're like damn can i go back like is there... <laughs> please yeah, take yeah. me back you know i had that same i didn't go to the recruiter but my my grand my grandpa had been in the navy and we we're driving one day uh 
when I was up visiting my family and stuff. And I was like, Grandpa, you know, I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go back. I think I want to get back in the Navy. He's like, no. He's like, you already did your time. He's like, you're done. I was like, shit, okay. Like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude. Now, you know, I'm just plugging away at school. I have no clue what I want to do with my life. And, I mean, these type of programs like you guys are doing, if they were around, they weren't made public. Nobody knew about them. Yeah, you know, like nobody spoke about veteran outreaches or nonprofits and community and stuff like that. Um, I mean, there'd yeah. be times on campus where you'd see folks trying to do stuff like that, and you're like, "Oh, whatever." Mm-hmm. There's like one of you, and you're trying to build a community. And you're like, dude, like, what the hell is this? Like, it's not going to work. So naive, that's you know. That's it's that's nice to like. see like all the veteran, the veteran community itself is you know stepping up to fill those gaps. Like there's just so many different veteran organizations now that are kind of like grassroots, you know, starting up or have been around for a while that are doing things, you know, just to have to support one, like one another. It's really awesome to see, like, especially with starting the nonprofit for veterans, you, like we've met a lot of people who have their own, you know, stories or their own, um way that they're doing things and why they're doing it it's really eye-opening yeah and a lot of veterans i think like have looked the one like if they're joining now if you have new members and stuff have probably looked for something to be a part of for such a long time you know and then they come across this and they're like man this is going to be challenging for me but you have other veterans there to you know help guide them through these tough times or whatever Mm -hmm. it is that they're going through um like you said, I think one of the parts that will be really cool to see is going forward, you know, you get those new guys in or gals and they help each other. They, they find comfort or some peace in this stuff or whatever it is that they're seeking. And then they can pass it on to another group of veterans. Mm-hmm. So that chain just keeps on going and growing. Your community gets bigger and stronger because I think it needs to happen. You know, and that's and like you said, veterans are starting to take the, do it by themselves. Like we've taken charge of a lot of things for ourselves. I think in recent years, mm-hmm. it seems like that um, yeah. to help out other veterans. Cause I think, like I said, our two thousands group has gone through a lot of shit and there was like a lot of negative stuff out there and you'd see like on the news and it just kind of eats away at you. But now like that community, those, those first batch of like, the early 2000s and 9-11 crew are like, mm-hmm. no, what? this is bullshit. Let's fix it. Let's do something different. Let's set up the next group of veterans up for success when they get out versus trying to stumble through life and become another statistic, so to speak, you know? Yeah, so it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. And one, one program that we did briefly with um, Navy recruiters out here in Reno was we worked with the delayed entry program to prepare a few recruits for boot camp through the the nonprofit. So that's something that we also want to do in the future as well as even bridge that gap to where we have veterans who can, because if you probably remember when you went to um, the recruiter's office and before, when you were on, what was it, delayed entry program? Yeah. Yeah. So when you were on depth, what did you do? Like you ran a few laps and that was it. But if yeah. you get more involved in a sport through us, then we can like help them mentally and physically prepare for boot camp, and that you know, to me, I believe 
I've met a lot of veterans who went to boot camp, got injured in boot camp, and then got out with you know seventy, one hundred percent disability for it. Mm. You know, it's like pretty gnarly. But if we can prepare the recruits better for boot camp, and they can pass, and they can develop their skills and confidence, and you know, communication, and physically, mentally, they're just more prepared. You know, over a longer term, that's going to be a lot better. And then we have those returning veterans who went through the program as the late entry program, get out as veterans, rejoin that community, and it just, you know, keeps cycling. Ideally. That's what I was going to say. That must be like a crazy experience if to see that happening. If you've helped somebody through the delayed entry program, you know, you spent time with them and then you see them come back in like four years and they're part of your, your community, that must be kind of like a, a great satisfaction. I'd, I'd imagine knowing that, you know, you've planted that seed for that individual mm-hmm. or those individuals like, Hey, you know, when I get out, I have something to, to look forward to something to join, be a part of, um, versus the latter, you know, where yeah. you're stumbling around trying to figure out what the hell you're trying to do with your life. So, I mean, that's just I think another part that'll be a good benefit for uh, vets is we're not militaristic. Like, you know, like let's say you wanted to join, you wanted to go shooting and you join a a shooting group. Well, what are the chances that's going to be very military? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Rock climbing, jujitsu, it's full of hippies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) More Everybody less, is yeah. chilled out. Nobody wants to fight. And, and besides jujitsu, that's all you're or doing. Thai. But yeah, Muay Thai. <laughs> but you're 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 everybody there has the same goal. Mm-hmm. And you're you're there to learn how to defend yourself and better yourself. Better yourself, mm-hmm. beat the other person if that's your goal. But at the same time, you're not trying to break all of your toys. Mm-hmm. That's you know, it, you're not there to actually hurt that person because then if you do hurt that person, either you're not going to be welcome back or they're not going to come back. <laughs> yeah. And that's no fun. That's true. You know, you want more people to, to roll with mm-hmm. and then you get better. Yeah. That's what's I think important too. like in with doing anything like that is uh, when you're rock climbing or doing jujitsu or skateboarding or playing basketball, whatever it is, if, like I've told uh, some friends of mine when they've gone out a couple years after me, it's like find that thing where you can like mentally just escape whatever you're in. Like that's when I go play basketball, that's what it does for me. You know, there's no other worry in the world for the hour and 30 minutes. I'm out there playing around, you know, it's just what you're doing. You know, I'm sure it's like that for you guys as well. Like any worries, concerns you have, it could be work, stress, whatever it is. They go by the wayside when you're climbing or scaling a mountain or a rock or rolling with somebody because then now you're all in on what that task is like mm-hmm. you guys have said in that moment versus the outside world just weighing weighing you down constantly yeah and i think and, that's the sorry um i think that's the the biggest driver for a lot of the veterans that we've helped out so far with rock climbing is they enjoy being in control in the moment and you know feeling a lot of that control back and, you know, having the ability to just focus for once and not to worry about anything else and having the the mental and the physical challenge, you know, that they can overcome something they can do in like 
you know, press for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's something the military obviously taught us to always do and get out. And it's like, you don't have that anymore. But once you start being able to like set more challenges for yourself, then you're like, all right, like I got this coming up. Yeah. So I don't, it's awesome. I can't speak to what the military train us now, but <laughs> <laughs> while we were in, they, the, the focus was to teach all of us how to kill with the most violent everything that you can muster. But we were never taught, never taught how to turn it off. And that it's like they just expect it to turn off. Well, at first, that's that's doable. You know, you can work on that. That's that's easy. When you're doing it for so long, it becomes your life, and you never turn it off. Is you're just constantly on at that level, and that is tiring, mm. big time. Like just being able to relax. And I think one thing that jujitsu helps with relaxing is. That's going to be one of the most hardest things you do that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even like if I'm yeah. getting my ass kicked, I'm going to make it that person's hardest ass kicking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting beat up, but damn it. I'm gonna, you're going to put out some energy doing it. And it's, it's great because it, when that's done, what's the next hardest thing you have to do the rest of the day? Yeah. Probably not there. a whole lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, depending on what your job is. <laughs> yeah, yelling at numbers. <laughs> if you could, could survive not tapping in the morning, and the rest of the day is pretty easy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Yeah, that's that's very true. I think you know, like I, I, I think I've like you. We've kind of talked about it takes a while to get to that point where you're kind of comfortable with yourself. You know, when you get out. Like I, I think I've finally started to get there and I've been out for almost, yeah, like 10 years now, but like the last mm -hmm. man, like two or three years, it's finally, I've slowly got more comfortable with like, Hey, you know, this is where I'm at in life doing good. I've gotten over a whole bunch of shit that happened. Now it's just done. And I think that's one of the harder things to do because if you don't have something to escape what you're going through or even what you've gone through, it's easy to get dragged back into it. Like we talked about, you know, you're walking by in the, in the grocery store, you see the beer and you're like, Oh, it's only one beer. Cause I've tried a bunch of times. I was like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop drinking. And then I'd be like, Oh, it's like one IPA, man. I'll just grab like a bomber and I'll be good. But then I'll buy a bomber, buy a six pack. And then it's like that one drink became a whole night of just drinking. And it's like, what was the freaking point of that? It's the stupidest thing. You know, the next morning you're just like, I wasted, Waste the entire night. Um, so yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if you've experienced this being out, but um, as you, you know, the flight deck—that's just a high adrenaline, constant, one hundred percent, one hundred twenty percent moving. You know, you have to be hyper aware and head on a swivel, and just you know, everything that's going on is pretty. You know, it's an adrenaline rush, but it's like a continuous adrenaline rush you know it never stops and that's what for me i feel also has contributed to you know the fact that like every day i have to do like a sport in you know one sport or the other um either you know rock climber or muay thai or 
sometimes skateboarding depending on the weather it's been horrible lately um but or even just like lifting or hiking or you know going into the backcountry but it's like needing that constant adrenaline rush and then or having that constant adrenaline rush and then all of a sudden getting out and then it's like the civilian world is like what the fuck compared to what you've been used to you know just as high just like super high energy space and then and people and all of a sudden it's like the opposite yeah, yeah. so that's where you know especially with sports we can kind of bridge channel. that gap a little bit better and help people channel that again you know and get that back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mixing that with work like you can't just do a workout or something you can't just stop your day and, and go to the gym for an hour mm-hmm. like when when i was stationed in hawaii texas was a whole different animal but in hawaii it was we uh, got there at 5 45 in the morning we had all of our PT and everything done before. Like we were back at, at work at nine thirty. Everything for the morning was done. We didn't have normal like tasks because we were infantry. You know, there's we don't we're not processing payments for everybody. We're not processing these paperwork or issuing things. We're the ones getting all that crap. So mm-hmm. our training would be okay. We're going to enter and clear this room five hundred times today or we're going to do these drills over and over again. Like there's one called a diamond washer drill where you take your M4 or 16, whatever you got, you have to hold it, pull the trigger. And if the dime or washer falls off the end, you fail and you have to do it again. Well, we would, we would do it in every shooting position from standing to prone to how I'm sitting right now with my arms up like this. And you know, you're, you're doing that for two, three, four hours, whatever it is, you got lunch and then you do it again. So no, we, we're going to go to the gym for the next hour, two hours or whatever. If you guys have something, call us. <laughs> now it's like it, on a slow day, like I want to go to the gym or I want to work out, but I can't leave my computer. I'm stuck there. Mm-hmm. Shit. See, Navy was different, man. Like the way we'd pass time, we'd shine brass. That's what we would do. At least in my division, yeah. we were shining brass with the like, hot sauce. We had shine boots. It's just like the stupidest thing. It's like we have nothing to do today. Go shine brass. It's like, why are we here then? Like, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Gonna go, can go do something else. But um, yeah, kind of like what Robert was saying with the flight deck, man. And it, it's an experience. So yeah, it's hard to find that same level of of. Uh, yeah, and that a thrill, I guess, because like, I loved it. I'm not gonna lie; like it always felt like game day Girl, going on the yeah. flight deck. Mm-hmm. Like, Especially night great. ops. Night ops are always cool. Oh yeah, night ops Scary, are great. You know, fun. <laughs> well, it's like the smell of the exhaust and everything on the flight deck. I've told people it's like it's a different experience, man. You go up there and the heat and everything. It's just like you know, it's like it's fucking on. That's why I tell people like when we had mm-hmm. T heads and stuff that were new. It's like this is the yeah. this is the shit. This is, welcome to the show. This is like the real deal. You know, it, there's fucking planes landing. There's propellers going off. There's they had the prowlers where the exhaust was pointed down. So if you're too close to it, it'll like shoot you mm-hmm. up in the air. It's like, man, <laughs> yeah. it just, which happened to my best friend. He got shot off almost off the flight deck. Damn. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, 
gone. It happens, man. Yeah, he up in the air. It's like, oh shit. He landed yeah, on the, the environment the up there. He's gnarly. Yeah, he landed on the life rafts on the side of the ship, man. I don't, talking about Damn. barely, I mean, feet away from possibly dying, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's different. Yeah, and you get out and yeah, go to college like I I did. I'm sure many other veterans do. You know, you go to school yeah, the first I, did that. I went out. It sucks, man. That was like the I didn't go to school at all my first semester. I I never went. I had like a point like six seven GPA or something, and I was told like, hey, if you don't get your grades up, we can suspend your GI bill. I was like, oh fuck, okay. Like I thought I could just bullshit this and collect collect money. <laughs> like no, that's Drag not how it goes. Yeah, it's it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, they they got some uh, some restrictions on that. The GI Bill, they're pretty strict, but yeah, yeah, that's what sucks. You know, we didn't have the kind of things that like what you guys are doing out there to to escape from or join and become part of something again that's a little bit that's much bigger than ourselves. I'm as you guys can yeah. relate, you know. So, yeah. um, but yeah, um, getting kind of late. I know it's. Was it like seven thirty, eight o'clock? Eight o'clock. Oh shit! It's eight, seven, eight, eight, eight. So I don't want to take up too much of of y'all's time and stuff. So, but uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on and shooting the shit and yeah, um, excited to see what you guys do with this jujitsu part of your your guys' nonprofit. And I'm I'm rooting for you guys, man. Hopefully it takes off and you guys can Thank continue you. to help veterans yeah. and, and stuff. I'll have to do a follow-up show in a year, see how it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I'm down. So one thing we one thing we did add to our website recently, uh, a couple of months ago, was a community chat. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to build. It's focused for veterans and Native Americans, but it doesn't matter who you know who wants to join, as long as they're respectful in the chat and everything um but if it's like a veteran who's in a different state who wants to be a part of the community because right now we're only based in reno but they can go on our website and they can register to be a part of that community and we have a group chats going on with different things different activities we have a veteran headquarters in there where we share um, information we get from the va you know about the pact act and uh, different things that are beneficial for other veterans to use. So yeah, any veterans out there who want to join our community chat, it's on our website. Um, doesn't matter where you're at. If you want to get into an activity and you can kind of start building a community there, share information, share knowledge about your sport, and, you know, help push each other. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, I have, I put a link right here for nice. anybody that's like, watches the video version of this yeah <laughs> so for the audio crew it's going to be www.moonrocksbouldering.org um <laughs> yeah, check them out give them a give them a shout out if you're in the area definitely definitely go there so mm. yeah, support your veterans and help this help this nonprofit grow man and help other veterans that decide to get out so thank you guys enjoy the rest of your evening you too. Thank you. Thank you.